right? Oh, man. Well, uh, first off, uh, I'm thankful for Austin and Amanda leading out this morning. And uh, Chad uh, actually had his uncle passed away on Friday evening. And so he uh, had kind of a last moment thing there. But thank you, Austin and Amanda, for for leading in with short notice as well. And so, um, again, just awesome that we have talented folks that can that can continue to lead out uh, because you wouldn't want me leading worship. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, but also on the inside of the aisle here, if you would, there's a clipboard. And uh, if you would pass that down and sign your name there, this is just a way that we kind of keep track of who's here on Sunday mornings. And uh, if you're a visitor with us this morning, there's a little connect card there and we'd love for you to fill that out. And uh, that we have a table back here at the back, and we'd love to meet you there after the service and uh, just introduce ourselves and say, hey, and just thanks for coming. And uh, so, uh, again, glad that you're here this morning. And um, by the way, my name is Ray, and uh, I'm our pastor here and uh, serving alongside you. And um, so we have got uh, a great series that we have been going through. Hopefully you've maybe gathered a little bit out of it, right? Uh, But we're going to be concluding it today, and it's a series we're calling Help, I've Got Kids. And if you have kids, or you're a parent, or even a grandparent, maybe you have again felt like these parents, that you are on a desert island, you are all alone, the kids are going nuts, and you don't know where to turn, right? Where to go and where to turn. And so I want to give you a quick overview of what we've been talking about throughout this series. So in week one, we talked about the challenges that our children face, but also the challenges that we as parents face, right? And so if you remember, those were the speed of life or the pace that we're going at, right? The speed of growth and how quickly children are having to grow up these days. And then the speed of need or the desire that kids have for the things that they want and they want it now, right? And so we also talked about the things that they do actually need like they, the things they think they need, right, but compared to the things they truly need. And so the things that they truly need that we talked about are security through love, significance through purpose, and strength through hope, right? And so those three things are what we really talked about they need. And then that next week, we stepped into this idea that we need to be present with our children, Right? We have to be around with our children to be able to connect with them, to be able to interact with them, and to be able to get them to know them better. We've got to spend time with them, and we've got to be present in our presence. Right, Like technology these days oftentimes can take away from our interaction with our, stu- or with our kids, and so we need to make that time intentional. That was kind of the big word that we spent our time on, right? Having intentional time with our kids. And then last week we talked about the idea of Nehemiah, right? And how Nehemiah rebuilt the wall of Jerusalem, but there's a little bit more to that story than just he rebuilt the wall, right? Because what he did was he set up an example for the younger generation to see, look, this is what God can do. We also talked about how we each and every one, whether we have kids or not, play into that role, right, of raising up and bringing up the next generation. Now, there are some of you that don't have kids, right? So we've also talked about this idea that parenting is ultimately leadership, right? It's leadership within the home. But the principles that we've been talking about, the biblical things that we've been pulling out, are things that we can apply to leadership as well, okay? And so this morning, again, we're going to be wrapping that up. And so our, our verse that has kind of been our umbrella verse for this whole series has been Proverbs 24. And it says this, it says, By wisdom a house is built. 
and through understanding it is established. And through knowledge, its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. So by wisdom, the house is built, right? And we've talked about this idea, okay, where is the place that we then gather our wisdom from? And so we've talked about the place that we gather our wisdom from is going to be for us, hopefully as a follower and believer of Jesus Christ, right, is going to be God's word. That's where we're going to gather our wisdom from. That's where we're going to gather our knowledge from. It's where we're going to gather our understanding from. But also, on the second part of that, rooms are filled with beautiful treasures. Here's what we're going to look at this morning. Our children are beautiful treasures, right? They are gifts that are given to us. They are gifts that are given to us. Now, here's the thing. If we're looking at this idea of wisdom, why do we want to go to God's word to do that? Well, for me personally, I have found that when I actually adhere to the things of God's word in my life, they actually work in the way that God's word says they will, right? And then the promises that I see in God's word, those promises are often fulfilled. So if I'm hearing and seeing these promises within the scriptures, then I want to use those in the wisdom that I'm giving to my children, okay? So... Uh, the, here's another verse that we're going to be looking at. In Psalm 127 is where we're going to kind of focus in this morning as we're talking about these gifts that we have, okay? These gifts that have been given. And it says, in Psalm 127, it actually says, children are a gift from the Lord. Okay, well, cool, that's great, right? And they are a reward from Him. And children born to young men are like arrows in a warrior's hand. How joyful is a man whose quiver is full of them. So children are a great gift, right? They're not a pain in the side, right? They're not a burden. They're not something that should anger us, but they are a gift. And they're a gift that we have been given. Now, I think this calls for us to clarify something, okay? That children are not a gift given on merit, right? It's not because, oh, hey, you've been good, so you get kids, or you've been bad, so you don't get kids, because the reality is that there are some people that can't have kids, right? But it's not because of the way that we have lived our life spiritually, but it's that that's what the Lord has for our life. And so when I'm looking at the truth of his scriptures, look, he says, my ways are not your ways. So we have that promise that we can rest in, that look, this is not something, you have done something wrong and you don't have kids, but it's truly what he has for your life, okay? So he says they're a gift and they're a reward, but then he also says they're like an arrow in a warrior's hand. So we're going to run with that this morning for a minute, okay? The idea of your children being an arrow, okay? Children being arrows. So when we think about arrows, here's a couple things that we've got to realize, okay? The first is that we need to sharpen them, Right? We need to sharpen them. And we hope that they will fly pretty straight. Right? And, but also, the effectiveness of an arrow comes down to where I point that arrow. In other words, if I were to take an arrow and just shoot it over here at this brick wall, it's not going to be very effective. Right? But if I take an arrow and I go hunting, okay, and then I, let's say I shoot a deer. I don't know how you feel about that. But anyway, let's say I shoot a deer, okay, in the back leg it's going to be more effective if I hit him in the heart, right? So you see the effectiveness of the arrow? It matters where I point it, 
And so if we're looking at our children as arrows, then it is all about where we are going to point them. Because as parents, we are the ones that are ultimately beginning to point them in a direction. And so the question this morning I want to ask you is, okay, where are we aiming our arrows? Where are we aiming our children, okay? And some of this, again, can be taken from a leadership standpoint, all right? So if you don't have kids, but you're maybe leading people, where can you point the people that you're leading, okay? And so we're going to look at that idea this morning of where we're aiming our arrows. So here we go. The first place that we need to perhaps aim them as we look to the scriptures as our source of wisdom, okay, is that we need to point them towards a humble heart. We need to point them towards a humble heart heart. So we need to show them humbleness, right? So Philippians 2, 3 says this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each to the interest of others. So when we're aiming our kids and we're aiming them towards a humble heart, then we are pointing them in a direction where they then have what comes up in the next verse. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. And then from there, he lists what it looks like to have the mindset of Christ Jesus. And so if we're pointing them towards humbleness, then we're ultimately pointing them towards having this mind and heart of Jesus. But here's also what we're doing and showing them when we're pointing them towards humbleness, okay? Is this quote, I love this quote, Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less, Right? Let me say that again. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. So if we're pointing our kids towards humility, or if we're in leadership and we're pointing towards people, or we're pointing people towards humility, we're pointing them to a place of perhaps thinking about themselves less. All right? So here's the next place that we point them. We point them towards a grateful heart. Okay? A grateful heart. So, it says this in scriptures, it says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for each of us, right? Paul is writing to the people in Thessalonica, and he's saying, look, be thankful in everything that you have. So kiddos, we want to point them towards a thankful heart. Look, be thankful for the things that God has given you. But also, perhaps be thankful for the things that your parents are giving you, right? Be thankful for the things that you have because those things are a gift to you, my gift, child, right? Those things are a gift to you. And so we begin to turn their hearts to be thankful. So now we're pointing them towards humbleness. We're pointing them towards thankfulness, all right? Here's the next one. Aim them towards a generous heart, right? A generous heart. And understanding that it is ultimately more of a blessing to give than to receive, Right? More of a blessing. So we have this thankful heart, okay? So the things they are receiving, they're now thankful for, but also they're saying, okay, I want to be generous with the things that I have, and I want to give them, right? And so we talk a lot about being generous here at New City, right? Having a generous heart with our time, our talents, and our treasures. Now, there's something that I love about, and I'm going to, Jenny, like Liz and the way that she serves, because, yeah, here she is at a high schooler or a, even a junior higher, right? But she's already learning to be generous with her time and her treasures and her talents by serving in our kids' city area. So she's being pointed towards this idea of being generous, 
right? And serving and giving, even at a young age. So we're raising them up towards thankfulness and then being generous. But then we're pointing them towards having a servant heart, right? A servant heart. Now, Jesus speaks of this in Matthew 20. He's sitting around with his disciples, and they're all arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom, who's going to sit at the right hand of the Father, who's going to sit at the left. And they're all about, oh, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? And then Jesus kind of clarifies it, and he says, okay, whoa, 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 look here. Whoever wants to become great amongst you must be a servant, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. You see, he was leading his disciples. He was ultimately parenting his disciples. And he was parenting them towards having a servant-minded heart. But again, it comes down to where we are aiming our arrows. And we've talked about through this series that there are a lot of parents that aim their arrows in the wrong direction right? They aim them at the wrong things. They aim their kids towards sports and excelling in sports, or they aim their kid towards this thing over here, or this thing over here, or technology. Like, we're pointing them in every other direction except for these um, ideas of, of God, these things from Christ, right? This heart that we could have. And so, Look here, here's what happens when we aim them towards this, okay? The idea of humbleness, thankfulness, generosity, and being servant-minded. Who has these things? Well, Jesus has these things, right? That is his heart. That is the heart of God as well. He is humble, he is thankful, he is generous, and he is servant-minded. Now, again, that umbrella of the wisdom, right, is how we build our house. And so, in Proverbs 4, Solomon, known as one of the wisest who has ever lived, he writes this. He says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So when we aim our kids towards these things, humbleness, thankfulness, right, generosity, and being servant-minded, then what we are doing is ultimately setting up what will flow out of their life, what will come out of their life as they grow older. And then there's one more thing you do with an arrow, right? It has no effectiveness on the bow, but what do you do with it? You release it, right? You let it go. And so there is a point for all of us that we will have to let those children go. Some of us are like, I'd be ready to let them go, right? Like, yeah, hope so. 18, they're, they're out, right? Like, but here's the thing, right? At some point, we have to release them. But if we're pointing them towards the right things, then they're going to be going in the right direction, okay? So how do we get them there? right? Like, that's the big question. And we've talked about it. Like, you know, you don't get a kid and then it comes with a manual. Like, oh yeah, okay, these are the things you do, right? But we have to find where we point our kids and how we point them there. So here's the first one. Okay, the first thing that we need to do is we need to give them attention. And you're like, man, you've said that multiple times through this series. But it's true. We've got to give them attention. We've got to spend intentional time with our children. This past week, I was on Wednesday. I was at Shawnee Mission North. I had an opportunity to go there and uh, do a dad with dads with donuts. Now I don't have a kid at Shawnee Mission North, but I went with somebody else at the Shawnee campus to make some connections for us. And so I got to meet the assistant principal, and I got to meet one of the coaches there. Going to be meeting with them this next week to see how we as a church can serve them. 
But that's kind of beside the point because here's the thing. There was also a, uh, like a social officer there, like the, office on ca- or the officer on campus. And I asked her, I said, okay, what is like the number one need you see on your campus? Like what do you see here with these kids? And she said, these kids crave attention from their parents. They crave it. She says, we have all these high schoolers, and we had not had any conversation about this. Like, she said, they crave it. Because here's the deal. They get themselves home, 3.30, 4, and they don't see their parents till 6.30 or 7. They crave time with their parents. Now, we've talked about, look, that they crave security, significance, and hope. Right? Strength through hope. And if we as parents are not there to give it to them, they're going to find it somewhere else. They're absolutely going to find it somewhere else. So we've got to give them attention. Now, maybe you've heard about this fellow by the name of David, right, who was in the scriptures. And David was even uh, labeled as a man who had a heart after God or a God's own heart. Right? But here's the thing. For a period of time in his life, David was a terrible parent. Because he has a son by the name of Absalom, right? Now, there's a backstory to this. Absalom kills his brother because he slept with his sister, right? Like, that's a heavy backstory, sure. But for five years, okay, David disregards Absalom. And so Absalom has to go to David's buddy Joab and say, Hey, I'd like to go see my dad. Is that possible? Like, can I see my dad? And Joab's like, Nope, he's pretty busy. I can't get you in. And he comes to Joab again and again, and Joab's like, can't do it, sorry. Right? So two or three times he comes to Joab. But here's what Absalom does. Absalom gets this great idea. You know what I could do? I'm going to set Joab's field on fire. Maybe that'll get his attention. Right? And so he goes and he sets Joab's field on fire. And then Joab comes to Absalom and says, what are you doing? He's like, I want to see my dad. But he has to do all that to get his attention. But again, here's the thing. If we are not giving our kids attention, they're going to try to get our attention. And they may be setting something on fire, literally or figuratively, right? But they are going to want to, in some way, get our attention, right? They're going to want our attention. We've got to give them attention. But doesn't that apply to leadership as well, right? Like if you never give people attention, then they're not probably going to follow you, right? As a leader, We've got to give them attention. Here's the next thing that we need to give our children, okay? We need to give them grace. We need to give them grace. And it's the same grace that Christ shows us, and we see it through the scriptures, right? But what type of grace does he give us? Well, let's look at the definition of grace. Grace means that we extend something to someone, not, that they, not what they deserve, but ultimately what they need. Right? So here's the deal. Imagine if somebody just followed you around for a full day and critiqued everything you did and said, that's wrong because you didn't do it the way that they wanted it done. Right? But isn't that how we can sometimes be as parents? I caught myself the other night at the dinner table with Graham. Okay? And here's how it went. Graham, sit down. Graham, sit down on your bottom. Graham, sit forward. Graham, quit doing that to your shirt. Graham, use a fork. Graham, cut your meat up into smaller pieces. Graham, don't shove that much in your mouth. Graham, Graham, Graham. It just kept going. And I'm like, man, okay. I just had to laugh because I'm preparing this message, right? But here I am, just, my my kid can't win, right? Like, he can't 
win. And here's the thing. If our child can never get anything right, they're never going to win. And if they're not able to win, then they're always going to feel defeated. Right? They're always going to feel defeated. We have to give them wins, but we also have to give them grace. Right? Like, I have to understand. He is a nine-year-old boy. He doesn't have a muscle in his body that holds still for longer than two seconds. Like, I get it. But, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, the idea of the permissive parent that just lets everything go, that's not what he needs. But what does he need? Well, he needs nurtured, he needs disciplined, right? He needs to be shaped. But it's what he needs, even though he may deserve something a little bit different. But that's, again, the same grace that Jesus gives us. But again, that idea of somebody walking around critiquing everything that we do, I think that's how a lot of people look at God. Right? That's how some people look at God. Well, I don't want anything to do with God because that's how he's going to treat me. Because I'll mess up and he's going to strike me down with lightning. Right? Like That's not who God is. When we look at God's heart, God is a God that has grace and gives grace. Over in Hebrews 8, it says this. It says, For I will be merciful to their wrongdoing. This is God speaking. For I will be merciful to their wrongdoing, and I will never again remember their sins. And he bestows his grace on us. Right? In 1 Corinthians 13, we look at the idea of love. Right? It's 1 Corinthians 13, known as the love chapter. Like, this is the explanation of love. And here's what it says, just to remind you. Love is patient Love is kind, it is not proud, it is not easily angered, and keeps no record of wrongs. That is the love and the grace that we want to show our children, right? That's the love and the grace that we want to show our children. And it's ultimately the love and the grace that Jesus shows us. And through that grace, we then show them love, right? We show them love, but what kind of love do we show them? We should show them unconditional love. Right? We should give them unconditional love. So we have attention, we have grace, and we have unconditional love. Now, here's the thing. Unconditional love means that there are no conditions. Right? There are no conditions to my level of love that I will give you. Right? There's not a bar you have to hit before I will actually love you. It is unconditional love. Romans 3.24 says this. It says, God... In his grace, okay, giving us, again, what we didn't deserve, he has declared us now guilty, or not guilty, excuse me. And he did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us by taking away our sins. So look at this. God, in his humble heart, and in his generosity, and in his servant-mindedness, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for us so that we could have life. But then... His son was put on a cross, and he died and was taken and placed in a tomb. But here's the good thing. That's not the end of the story, right? It doesn't stop there. Because three days later, he was resurrected, and he's shown himself to multiple people. And he was then alive. And in doing so, he frees us from that sin that we deserve. You see the grace, the heap of grace that he has put on us. In what? In his unconditional love for us, right? John three sixteen again, so often used, but so often forgotten, the depth of it. For God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus. Man, again, what a beautiful example of how we are to love our children. 
and what we are to point our children toward. Now, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, they don't need perfect parents, right? They don't need us to be perfect parents. But what they want from us is parents who will show them significance, strength, and security. That's what they desire from us. That's what they want from us. And they crave that time. Now, you may say, okay, we've, we've taken on a lot of information through this series, right? So I don't really know where to begin with that, where to start. Like, what do you want me to do? Well, here's the thing. I, I want to leave you with this scripture as we've gone through this, okay? It's in James 1.5, and it says this. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom then you should ask God who generously gives to all without finding fault. Again, that idea of grace. And it will be given to you. Right? It will be given to you. So we may be in a place that we're like, I don't know where to start. Ask the Lord for that. Ask the Lord for the wisdom of where to start. You're in leadership and you're in leading people. Where do I start? Right? Where do I start with those people in what you want me to do, Lord? What does that look like? What does that look like? All right? But let's put our hearts in that place. Now, here's how we're going to end our series. Here in just a few minutes, all of our kiddos are actually going to come in here. Okay? And we're going to kind of line them up just through the aisle and, and up here, okay? And then if you have a kiddo, okay, you're obviously going to go to that, claim them, right? Go to them, <laughs> okay? And then we're going to pray over them, all right? But if you don't have a kiddo, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just find one, okay? Yeah, pick one, right? <laughs> and we're going to pray over them here in just a few moments, okay? But let me pray for us as just a whole and where the Lord is asking us to go.